The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, better than ever. Here with the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together every week and talk about everything out here happening in the life, in the traffic, in the streets, in the universe. Yes, sir. <laughs> and touched on stuff that not only myself and Barry feel like we should be saying something about, but stuff that we feel like everybody should be saying something about. Indeed. Bring in your episode number 25. 40 is on its way. 25 to your dome piece. 25 episodes addressing all this stuff going on, which can be found on SoundCloud.com. SoundCloud. Uh, the post, the links on Twitter and Facebook and all that. But you can check it out on SoundCloud. Make sure you like it, share it, follow the podcast. We appreciate the support. Yes, yes, yes. And all those people that have been tuning in, giving feedback, we appreciate it. Keep it coming. Yeah, it's a, it's a supportive group out there. <laughs> Lightweight, you know, but it's getting better. And getting better. I, I think as far as, you know, we've talked about it earlier about being consistent. So we've been more consistent on getting out the product. People believe that the product is there. People are tasting, you know, the product. It's dope. So they're like, yo, we're gonna tune in. So that's just all it's all about. It's all a grind, man. It's all a grind. That's it. Being consistent, keeping keeping the support coming. Uh speaking of folks out there who are getting their support on, we are in the midst of the NBA finals. Oh, don't talk about it, man. No, I'm just talking about people out there supporting, you know. I don't don't talk about it because I already said last podcast that Go Cavs, we down 0-2, baby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see what it is. KD's doing everything that I thought KD was going to do, but I was just hoping that one of the uh, two, him or Curry, was going to have a, uh, you know, an episode of Casper not showing up. Yeah. And them brothers have shown up, and some of the Cavs haven't shown up, so it is what it is, 0-2. Yeah, but you still got everybody still on board. No one's jumping ship yet, you know. And I think that's a big thing. When, I mean, I mean, fan base. No, Everybody's jumped off board. No, 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 no. I think there's a whole lot of people who still believe that LeBron's got the cape on. And what's <laughs> there, and oh, that, that have you watched the games? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the fan. I'm talking about fan support. So th- there's a whole lot of folks in Ohio who still believe. <laughs> there's a whole lot of folks who still believe in the chosen one. You know, it it used to be a thing to where looking at it. Without KD, because first of all, KD is a one of the greatest players, probably the second best player that we have in our league. The unfortunate thing about him was he was getting overshadowed by the whole Curry coming out of nowhere explosion. Then the simple fact that he had to share ball time with another dominating um, player, Russell Westbrook, and that their team never could get over that hump. It was always something. It was an injury. It was, um, you know... Just bad timing. It was a, a, a better team. Wasn't able to close. And that pressure led KD to get on a team that he looked at and said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And it's really working out well right now because they're doing their thing right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said all the time, I'm a Laker fan. I ain't got a horse in this race. What I was looking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you're not, if you're a fan of basketball, the way the Warriors play basketball is excellent. And don't get me wrong, I'm rolling with the Cavs and LeBron because I want them to win. It'd be a greater story if they won. But at the same time, I'm not an idiot. That Golden State Warriors team, mechanically, when you got two guys, actually you got what three guys that are so automatic from three pointers. They shoot three pointers like LeBron James dunks the ball. It's kind of difficult. When you go and get a two-pointer and one of those guys can just splash a three from anywhere. And then on top of that, they make unbelievable shots. And the biggest thing about what KD's doing, he's playing defense. He had like five blocks last, um, you know, the other night. And right now, you know, we just got to sit there and just, just hope and pray. And, and if it's going to be like NBA playoffs or finals in the past, usually the home team gets two. It's kind of changed in the last five years. It's kind of been like anything goes. But in the normal precinct, it's the home team gets their two wins. And then you go back and the away team gets their two wins. 
and now you really have a series. But we'll hopefully see if that happens. Yeah, I think they'll, I don't think they'll have any issues getting viewership or ratings. I said people are still out there supporting the teams heavy. Uh, you know, they, they said they still believe in 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 the chosen one, King James, in in, in Ohio out there that he's going to bring it in. Uh, though not everybody is a LeBron James fan out there in the traffic. Yes, man. You know, uh, the issue that happened this past week about his L.A. home. Uh, you know, he's, he's from Akron. He's, he's an Ohio Ohio native, plays for Cleveland, so he stays out there. But he got a house out here in Cali that they said he's at maybe two weeks out the year. Something, something I really just postseason, apparently, uh, that was vandalized this past week where uh, some of his kind and gracious neighbors were so nice enough to paint uh, the N-word across his house, across <laughs> the front gate. So everybody's not rooting for King James. But that in itself, is, is, as an isolated incident, is something that kind of happens. That's one thing. The part that was kind of interesting to me, at least, that came out was when he addressed it. Yeah. And, you know, he was kind of saying that how racism is, is still alive. Yeah. You know, that how, you know, we can't sleep on it because it's not it, it's not going to sleep. Truth. You know, that that it, it's still going strong. It may be working different forms or fashion, but it's still just as here as it was in previous years. Truth. But the part that got me was the brother over at Fox. Well, let's also before you get to the brother at Fox, let's also remember he stated doesn't matter about your uh, con, the, the, it doesn't matter about your amount of money, rich, whatever, that racism is still alive and it's hard being black in America. That's 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 a key point before you go into the other hoopla that we have to talk about. Okay, uh, sticking with that is the, the brother over it at, at uh, FS1, silly nigga at, at Fox Sports One. Who just coming off the, the the reaming he got from from see to God for his last uh, off 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 the cuff comments? He Jason Whitlock works over at Colin Coward and and he's got some other little show that ain't nobody ever heard of before two weeks ago. Speak for yourself. And um, and so he addressed LeBron James addressing racism still existing in America to the point to where he went as far as to say that LeBron has priced himself out of racism that after you hit a certain tax bracket that after you are a certain degree quote-unquote famous that what racism is no longer applies to you that this is just an irritation that this is not uh, this is not racism that this is not the problems that people are having nationwide when they address Trayvon when they address Oscar Grant when they address Tamir when they that's not what, what what LeBron feels he was just he had a little irritation. He got it cleaned up. He should have kept it pushing that he in some way has earned enough money to buy himself out of racism, which is one of the most idiotic things that could come out of a black journalist's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your views on. on I, d- <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? Because even in a sense of when you think Negroes will come to the aid of their brother and I've he's and he's made. Like we've talked about it before about some of the comments he's made about Colin Kaepernick and how Colin Kaepernick isn't who he says he is, whatever. And every time LeBron James comes up and basically LeBron James's fight to bring more awareness about certain issues that are going on in America, it's almost kind of like, shut up, Negro, just play ball. Jason Whitlock, in the last, I will say, three weeks has showed a very depressing state of certain Negroes that get told they are allowed to speak for the Negro and they get that information from Daddy Daycare who says, you can say whatever you want to say, but don't say anything positive. What you have is a silly Negro that spoke out of content that doesn't really realize or maybe he's just saying it for shock value. And the fact that he came on the show, because one, he first came on The Herd, right? That's the, the, the yeah. first show. He came on The Herd and he was fired up. Like, he was like, oh, man, I got to address something. And then I was looking at him like, this guy is just as fired up as he was when he went and was protecting his, his co-worker, yeah. you know. And when he protected his co-worker, he kind of had that same kind of fire. And his co-worker 
who really put herself in her own jam when she uh, was going at ball. ball. Yeah, when she was going at ball that particular time because it wasn't the fact of what was happening then. It was some previous things that she said before. And then ball had to basically address it like, nah, you're not going to get away with that. You're not going to try to swipe me and think you're going to try to embarrass me after I know what you said. You're not a fan of me. So stop it. Knock it off. He was quick to come to the aid of the white woman, but when a brother has a serious situation, especially on these times where recently you just found a noose in the African American Museum in so D.C. The third one now. Now it's the third one. It's the third one now. Okay. And there was another noose somewhere. There's, there's Brothers have gotten hung. You've had the Dylan Roof situation. you got protests that are very anti-every culture except white, right? You have all these things going on. You have Donald Trump that has emerged as fascist, racist, uh, sexist, all in between with the isms that has kind of created and stirred up neo-Nazis, white supremacy, and these right-wing groups to kind of really dive in and be a little bit more brave and bolder to come out to make these statements when you have another black man that downplays what LeBron James uh, has dealing with his ordeal and what was written on his gates because of his tax bracket, because he may be a higher class of Negro, but he is still a Negro. And I'm not going to use the explicit word, but we know what it is. Yeah. It don't matter how much money you make in America as a black man, a black woman, you're still considered that. I heard this straight from a CEO of a of a very pro- predominant and prestigious organization that sat me down and said, brother, I don't ever want to be in their club. Why? Because they don't want me in their club. It doesn't matter what I do. So I don't try or choose to be in their club. This is another Negro that has used his ability to reach, to make it seem as if this thing called racism, it doesn't exist. And what the important part to, to, to and I appreciate that, to, to get in, if you don't see what the, the big deal is, because there's some people who are like, oh, you know, he just said that, you know, LeBron's just whining about an inconvenience and that somebody just kind of vandalized his gate. It got cleaned up in a couple of hours. Life goes on. Well, the reason why it's important and why that's dangerous rhetoric to dismiss something like that, to say that, well, he makes so much money that racism doesn't apply to him is for the same people who try to push the narrative that racism no longer exists. It creates a, a space to where when things happen, they're not addressed the way they should. That when the brother who gets s- stabbed on the college campus, more so just for being black and in the wrong place at the wrong time. Definitely. When people who are, who are having prayer, preaching to, you know, speaking to their Lord in a, in a tender moment are shot dead by a complete stranger who, who was racially motivated. <laughs> Nine. Well, I mean, and so when these things happen, when we try to downplay it as, oh, that was just a tragic event, not this was racially motivated, it it takes away from, it, it eliminates the crying for wolf. Yeah. It eliminates the this is actually real. It it takes away from, no one's just complaining about this. It wasn't a vandalism issue. Yeah. This was a he wasn't. These weren't Warriors fans. Who wrote that on there because he plays for the Cavs? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it, it wasn't. If it, 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 it wouldn't have been the same word if Kevin Love lived there instead of LeBron. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly believe that it was Warrior fans. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying they didn't write that because they were Warriors fans. Well, I not. I honestly do believe that it was Warrior fans just to do it to be disrespectful. Because the, re- the reason why I say that is because I truly believe that this is how white folks operate, right? White folks can operate on the fact of, like, I watch it every day. Like, when I was watching the game, I was looking at the crowd. How many of these white folks that are cheering, Warriors, cheering for Durant, cheering for Curry, cheering for Green, Thomas, know that these are the same Negroes that they're cheering against the same color, but they're not the they're not the Warriors, they're the Cavs that they're probably calling these N words. I just white people operate in that kind of way. It's like they can never ever take the color off us, but if you are down and supporting something or doing something that's gonna bring them some prestige, right? Because if you think about it, how do we have racism still with all of 
this diversity and multiculturalism going on. Like when you have so many people of color surrounded doing work that kind of elevates a lot of what white folks want to elevate and they can't elevate. You you think about it like what football, you got uh blacks and whites working together. I mean basketball, there's a cohesiveness in America, but at the same point in time, it just lets you know how it's such a, a crazy domino effect that it's I'm here for a purpose. Once I don't serve that purpose, I'm not necessary and you're gonna be exactly what I've always thought of you. And that's the N-word. Which is why I'm saying this wasn't about him being a cast fan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't Okay, I know I, I get that, but I'm just saying I believe it was a Warriors fan just to create the distraction. It wasn't just some old racist, um, obscure, crazy sicko. Well, I just think it was well, just a fan that well, just did that shit. Well, my thing is the, the, the part where it's important, regardless of their motivation, mm-hmm. if it was if it was sports related or if they just didn't, he bought the house that they wanted instead. The fact is their way of addressing it and what they called him is why it, it, it needs to be addressed as a racial issue. Because they didn't spray paint loser across his house. Nah. Or, or or hey, tall guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or just, just doodling just yeah. to deface it. Yeah. Like they knew exactly what they were sending with that message. Yeah. So when you have somebody like Jason Whitlock who comes out and says, no, that's not the case. Who's very dangerous too. That that you, it's not a racial issue. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, just a, it's just a vandalism issue. Well, that takes away from people who get targeted. Yeah. That takes away from people who who all these things that happen throughout society that try to get blamed on something else. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the reason why well, you didn't get that job, it wasn't racially based. Yeah. Uh, you weren't assaulted. It wasn't racially based. It You didn't. All these things that we try to that we address as a people say, no, no, no. There's some I think, sidebar. I think that there's something that happens a lot in the society amongst black and white people that white people think that black people think. Everything is about race. Yeah. And black people think that white people think nothing is about race. Yeah. And so when you have a black person saying that it is not about race, it only gives validity to the argument that all these things that we are saying are systemic and that are racially based and racially motivated. He's the he's the voice saying now he's one of their guys saying, no, 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 no. He's he's the Negro. That looks at racism as white hoods. He's the Negro that looks at racism as, well, you know, just only the fact that I am denying you, you know, from a job or, you know, I'm I'm denying you access. And that's not the truth. The fact is there is a lot more racism when Negroes do get the access because you see so many of these athletes, they 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 put away their black card. A lot of times they don't talk about certain issues. And every time they do talk about issues, if you are not in pocket, you will get thrown out. Or if you are over and I say LeBron is over, they're going to let you slide because you're the big money guy. You know what I'm saying? LeBron James brings people into the arena. That's 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 you cannot deny that. But the fact is that. Not only Jason Whitlock, but we've had way too many Negroes when it's come down to true hearted black issues of racism that have these platforms choose instead of just directly saying, I don't want to touch that, but make it such a point to say and validate the fact that they're saying, well, this is not it couldn't be and almost in the same sense. Telling LeBron, get over it, deal with it, move forward as if we don't have a big race issue in America. And that's what that's what pisses me off about these Negroes with these platforms is because like you are not speaking for me. So don't speak or try to diffuse or change my mind on what I'm seeing and what I know. Yeah, because his stance is not the he'll sit on his on his show or on Colin's show and say I'm here to be I'm the black representative. Yeah, that's not true. I, I'm here to say what you can't say. That's not or, true. Or or go out on something similar to what Stephen A. does when he talks. Uh, you know, I don't, when Will Kane and Max Kellerman are addressing a racial issue that pertains to black people, he's like, I don't know why y'all even talking. This is for me. I'm the resident Negro on the, on the set, so I'm going to address it. 
So when you have guys like that who sit there and say these things aren't true, LeBron, you make way too much money for racism to be a factor. Yeah. And this is the same person. Oprah, last time I checked, got more money than LeBron. And Oprah has, uh, you know, dealt with racism. Yeah. And so, <laughs> it, it, I mean, to me, when you start saying that you can price your way out of racism, There's no way. you're taking away the validity of what it is. Yeah. That and 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 clearing that up too. So you talk about racism. Racism is systemic. Yeah. Systemic in the sense of it's within the school system, law enforcement. Um, all, it, it's in so many layers and so many aspects of life that an individual is not racist. An individual can be biased. Yeah. An individual can be prejudiced. An, in, an individual can be bigoted. But racism is a team sport. Yeah. So when you start addressing racism is why is these these acts or such racist? Because when you make a racial slur across somebody's house and it is an accepted behavior, an accepted terminology amongst the people who are there. And when it's addressed is no, this is a very serious issue. It's consist. It's systemically downplayed. Nah, man, you make too much. We're not addressing that because I guarantee you, if you went to some of the prominent Jewish people who live in his neighborhood, accordingly, who in that tax bracket and you start writing anti-Semitic things across oh, people's gosh, homes, man. it is not going to be seen as a light, jovial vandalism issue. You start putting swastikas up on Spielberg's house and see how that play out. The Negro in positions of power and high influence play such a vital role to our current state and the unfortunate destruction of the black man and black woman and the black community because when multiple accounts of racism discrimination towards black people we're just talking in the last two or three years whether it's the the white boy in Oklahoma whether it was Paula Dean, whether it was Hulk Hogan, <laughs> right? Whether it was the incident with the Missouri football player, whether it's the countless police murders that were racially motivated in some kind of extent, whether it's the Dylan Roof situation, whether it's the George Zimmerman situation, you see all these things numerous times. And when you see a guy like Colin Kaepernick that's trying to shed light and the backlash he got and still receives being blackballed because of the stance. You see all this behavior constantly with more black men being hung as if we were back in the 40s. You ask yourself what or who is paying this man? Well, we know who's paying him, but who is really giving him the batteries just to speak so out of bounds against his people when you know that the things that LeBron James are is opening up is going on. Like you can't deny it. It's it's time after time you see different individuals using this word or being bold with their racism get passes. We are denied access and, and constantly we have silly Negroes who can play such a big part of awareness or even better checking his white co-workers or some of the white folks that need to hear it from a perspective of this guy that they put up and say, here's one of these intelligent Negroes. You lack the empathy, the knowledge, the know-how to really directly target your position and say, Racism does exist in America, even though I am a black man that's sitting here in a position of being able to talk and live out my dream and make some money that this I am not exempt. When we talk about people like Oprah Winfrey, who if, if we're going to talk about someone that fits everything that white people would like to see, Oprah Winfrey, if she is is talking about racism and she is Oprah. I mean, white people love her, right? You trying to tell me that rich people are are exempt and that racism only focuses on poor? Basically, he even made a statement that what's the worst thing to be in America? Because as LeBron said, being black in America is hard. He said poor, being poor. And I guarantee you, check it out. Being poor is horrible. But being black and poor, I... Double yeah. that up, and you really got some shit to yeah, do. Yeah, along with that, there's a whole lot of people who would trade in being 
poor white today for for to to in, in, who would not trade in being poor and white today with somebody who say uh, middle class and black for the long game. You know, you you're poor and white right now, right now. You know, <laughs> there's some situations you if you white in this country, you a decision to make. And the, the, the thing about it, any but, white person that is poor and homeless, I don't know how you are. Oh well, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna be I'm gonna keep it two hundred because the. the Everything caters to you and positions to you. So you have access. So if you're poor, a lot of the times if it's not mental health, you know, being a veteran that got screwed by the government and you're not on some drugs, it got to be a you problem. Yeah, there, there, it, it's a race that, that does favor you. And But the, the part where, where the issue that we have in this country is that we like to normalize things yeah, definitely. That, that should not be normalized. And so you get accustomed to seeing things. You watch videos where you're seeing women assaulted. You're seeing the elderly assaulted. Random strangers getting hit, knocked out. People, you know, people world getting star. killed on Facebook Live. Yeah. Well, world, you know, world star became a noun, as in when something was getting ready to happen. World and star. So when you continue to normalize a certain thing and you get desensitized to it, it loses its validity when you try to bring uh, bring it as being severe. You know, if you keep showing people well, black on black crime, well, if you keep showing black people shooting each other, killing each other, getting arrested to then turn around and say these are the struggles and plights of these people. Well, you've now associated crime and death to these people. It's the same old joke that Cat Williams said when we were going to war in the Middle East that they never said that the United States government was bombing men, women and children or that the United States was bombing churches or schools. They said that the United States was bombing insurgents. Hmm. You know, who even know what the hell an insurgent is but when you associate, when you can dehumanize it, then then you're OK with it. And so when it comes to why it's so dangerous for somebody like Jason Whitlock to start saying that, well, if you make enough money, racism doesn't apply to you is because you are normalizing a horrific behavior. You're still then starting to say that, well, what then becomes the cutoff economically that this no longer applies to you? So at what point do you make enough money that that police brutality isn't racially based police brutality? At what point do you make enough money that, you know, people leaving stuff in your front yard or people defacing your home or people assaulting your children is not racially motivated? At what point? Because you're having people who who are being assaulted, women being attacked. Yeah. You know, children being hurt, property being defamed, all these sorts of things which are racially motivated. And that's what makes that type of talk so dangerous, because if we if it was reversed and he wasn't speaking about black people, if it was a woman standing up there saying that that assault on women or that women's rights aren't real, that she makes too much money to be discriminated against for being a woman. She makes too much money for somebody to pick her out and assault her for being a woman. Well, you got to make sure if it was a white woman. Well, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Go ahead. But I'm saying if that type of talk would quickly be addressed because that's dangerous yeah. to say that. It's the same thing that applies to, to, to black people and, and racial issues that, that are going on. Uh, we're talking about, you know, uh, basketball and, and a brother who's put together his own league and, and resurrecting some careers of some other players yeah. is Ice Cube. And he's got his big three. Yeah. Where, you know, got players who dress a little bit like Allen Iverson, Rashard Lewis, I believe, Kenyon Martin, a couple of other guys. Well, Cube was in a movie, his first movie, when he was, you know, he's now Ice Cube in movies is just dead. It's common. Yeah. If you're under 25, all you really know Ice Cube for are family movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the acting guy. Barber shop and all that. All that stuff. They don't even think of Cube as a rapper if you're under 25. But his first movie that he did with John Singleton was Boys in the Hood. Yes, sir. And it was uh, even nominated for for an Academy Award for the movie itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in that he 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 played a dude who ultimately ended up his brother ended up getting shot. And after his brother was shot and killed, you know, he said the next day he said, "Man, I watched the news all morning and they never covered it." It was not one story about, about my brother dying. And he said a very powerful phrase at the end of that movie. He said, you know, addressing that that they don't either they don't know, don't show or don't care about what's happening in the hood. Well, I think that that phrase still applies to the plight of black people systemically that either they don't. There are people that don't know. There are people who specifically don't show. Mm -hmm. And then you 
while you get guys like Whitlock in, up there. And then you got people that don't care. Yeah. And when you got guys like Whitlock up there, you're feeding the last two. Yeah. And, and you're helping the first one. And it gets a lot of voices not heard and voices disregarded when they're trying to say what's really going on with him. Well, I'm happy that some of his colleagues, um, when he was put to the task, they broke it all down. Um, LeBron James was speaking upon Emmett Till and talking about how, you know, he understands reasons why the mom kept the open casket to kind of show um, what racism looks like. Unfortunately, her, her son's passing was that in the way they just brutalized a young man whistling for, you know, at a white girl, allegedly. And we find out that the white girl comes and says that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and you have Jason Whitlock with his cape on tight protecting the white girl. But when it was time to protect his brother or take the high road in it, not even bringing up the conversation, you know what? Because in reality, the funny thing about it was I remember watching the show, Colin Heard, and that wasn't even the top uh, you know, this part of the discussion, I, which I thought it was because he talks about LeBron so much. They didn't even discuss that. It was like they had all this other talk. I mean, it's the eve, of course, before the the first game. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd because this is big news. You know, this is the one of the biggest stars. We're not just talking about basketball. We're talking about one of the biggest stars in the world. That happened vandalism and uh, the vandalism that occurred was racial slur on his gate that wasn't like the first thing you bring up it was almost like okay we're gonna have jason come talk about it and this is the angle we're gonna use and here you go jason and you got these guard dog negroes that protect white supremacy you got these silly ass negroes that don't mind going at black folk because True, in fact, black folk do have a lot of issues. We don't. We, I mean, we know. But I think some of the times that Negroes forget in the space that they are, they forget the OJs, they forget the Tiger Woods, they, you know, they they forget the Michael Jacksons of the world. They kind of think that okay, you know what? I've been welcomed. I'm okay here, and I am going to do everything in my power to stay here. So whenever I get an opportunity. I'm going to chastise black people. You protect the white woman, but you shame Serena Williams for her body. That didn't make no sense. You sit there and downgrade what happened to a stellar athlete who stands up for a lot of the things certain athletes don't stand up against. Instead of you embracing it and saying it is what it is, we do have a lot of issues to fix. You're throwing it back on him like, Negro, forget about it. You're rich. You'll be okay. Yes, he is rich, but it doesn't mean that this racism doesn't stick. And for Negroes to keep on thinking that this money is going to get us our way to freedom, we got plenty of rich Negroes and we're still in the same kind of predicament because what happens is Negroes who create this elitist attitude and this ability to, to move and navigate because now they have money, now they have access, they don't come and think like black folks should be thinking and say, you know what, with this money, I am going to not let them gentrify my community. I am going to organize and restructure my community. I'm going to put the money in with my folks and rebuild the community instead of letting a whole bunch of yuppies, hippies or whatever come through millenniums and take over. That's the whole point of of what black people are supposed to do, build, support and protect. But we don't do that. And it's a shameful attitude that we have with these cowardless Negroes that every time they get a mic, all they want to do when we're talking about black issues, because they've made it because they have been the one percent to finally get the to a plateau where once before, once upon a time, Negroes wasn't even first of all, Negroes wasn't even able to be coaches. Negroes wasn't even able to be uh, quarterbacks. In particular leagues and the fact that we have Negroes now being able to speak at a high volume about sports is a beautiful thing. But let's not forget that it took pioneers before you, whether in your field or out your field from the Jackie Robinsons to the Martin Luther Kings. And the thing about it is so racism affected Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King was a suburban Negro. He didn't have to do all the stuff that he did. Right. But it affected him. And he took a bullet because of racism. Martin Luther King, from my knowledge, had some money. You know what I mean? So it's 
To me, we have to start getting organized on who truly the enemy is. And the enemy is in other black folks. And if a black man or black woman is calling out what it is, believe them. Because it is here and you can see it every day. Okay, well, something to, to take into touching on, on some of the stuff you, you brought up. So, I brought a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, to, so to get a, the proper picture, because I think that's where, where a lot of us go wrong and what we think money is. So when, when you start talking about systemic things, you're talking billions to trillions of dollars. So to, to, to really wrap, if, if you're not familiar, if, if, if this is new information, systemic is educational system, law enforcement, when it comes to the criminal justice, when it comes to real estate in your area, when it comes to you know property values and home loans and mortgages and banking and credit lines. You're talking billions and trillions of dollars on any of those particular subjects when we speak systemically. So somebody who's made it, made it, who made $500 million is still not enough to escape systemic racism. Sean Combs is worth 800. Jay-Z is worth 800 million. That is not enough money to supersede racism. Hmm. So when you so when people get this this idea that some dude who made 20 million playing ball has some way bought him out of a trillion dollar systemic issue, it doesn't work that way. Hmm. You may have moved yourself from an area where maybe there's a hundred things that could happen to you to 70 things could happen to you. Like, like that may be the difference, but you still got 70 things associated to that systemic issue. So if you're still talking about issues that are billions and trillions of dollars, Oprah's two billion don't buy her out of that systemic problem. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something to first take in when we think about people who've made it or made enough money that these things no longer apply. That's just ridiculous. And so when it comes to when we get people who have platforms, when we get people like the Jason Whitlocks out there who get in front of a large audience or hell, get in front of a small one. Yeah. You know, the need to address these things, not only to the people who are victims to it, but addressing the perpetrators in the sense of we're not letting this go. Mm. You know, every other group that has an issue. They're, they're always told, you know, 9-11, never forget. Never forget. You know, the Holocaust. We, we gonna, never we, forget. We're going to drop a new movie every five years. Just never so, forget. Just so y'all don't forget this. You know, uh, hell, we still bring up the Alamo. Remember the never Alamo? Never forget. But whenever it becomes to the plights and problems of black people is get over it. Nick, were you still complaining about that damn slavery? That was 500 years ago. You still you good? You still talk about slavery. You still bring up Jim Crow. Why are you bringing up old shit like that? That's what it comes to us. And so we need to continue to bring light to it because the problem still exists. And so when we get these guys out there and remove athletes, you know, the, the day to day man, the, the percentage of athletes is so small, so minute. So the, the if, if somebody who's worth two hundred million dollars who can remove themselves from 100 problems to 70. And, and he's saying, look, I'm still dealing with issues where I'm at. Think about all the people who couldn't remove themselves from them other 30 problems that are waiting for them on a day to day basis. Man. You know, the, these things that are being brought up, the, these these issues of, you know, calling somebody in word. And, 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 and let's just address that real quick, <laughs> because there, there's a split. There's a division when it comes to that word. You know, there, there are some people who hold steadfast to the fact that, that that word has got such a history of so much pain associated with it into the modern era of, of the plights of, of through slavery, through through Jim Crow, through, you know, uh, mass incarceration, through the convict leasism, all these things associated with that N word that it, it, it just needs to be abolished across the board. <laughs> and then you have people who do take it back a little bit further. To the original meaning of the word. That most Negroes don't have no idea, but break it down. Which is why it's important. So the actual root word that that, that is Ethiopian, that, that you'll hear people address as Negus or Negus or, or Niger, which then has variations to nigger, even to nigger. Yeah. The uh, eventual root, the actual root word is when you're addressing a god of, of Ethiopian language. Because when one man saw another, and as through what the... 
bastardized version of Christianity would say that we that God is in all of us or that God is everywhere. You know that 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 the, you know I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm the vessel of the Lord. I'm in the, I'm in made in God's image. Back then, the original context was uh, we are all gods. Yeah. So when I see you, I address you as such. I don't see you as a man. I see you as as a lineage and an extension of God, and God is present within you, and God is present within me, and that's where the root word came from. Mm -hmm. So when you address the word nigger or negus or uh, any of those variations, that's what you're associating to. Yeah. The word that is used in America comes through Europe by way of uh, the Latin language, which is a, a spinoff, a variation associated with Negro, which is associated with dark or with black. And even that, there's some variations that came from that. But, but keep it in alignment. This is where we address what the word means versus how the word is used. So the word that is used throughout common America is used as a form of derogatory disrespect of hatred with vitriol and with just anger yes so if you're somebody who's knowledgeable saying i don't take offense to the word because i know what the word means this is where intent comes into play because it's not necessarily the word it's it's what the word is entails or what the word is directed towards you yes sir okay both of us at some point in time have slept with a woman that has given birth before mm -hmm. we both slept with a woman that has given birth to children but I guarantee you, when either one of us was called a motherfucker, that's not what they meant. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's not, not that is not what was being addressed in the moment. So that word. So for some people who are saying they don't take offense, I get that and I respect that. If you actually know the history and you're dealing with people who know the history and you're dealing with people who, who are of like mind. But when you're dealing with somebody who that's not where they come from. That's not the, the way they're using it. It is a disrespectful word. If I call you a bitch, I'm not calling you a female dog that's in heat for breeding purposes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I called you a bitch in front of your mama, you probably feel a certain kind of way. Definitely feel some type of way. So it, it, when it comes to that word, we're going to have some splits. We're going to have some people who feel a little bit differently. All those things being aside. What the word is associated with here for the sake of argument until we see systemic change and to where some of that will come with our own enlightenment. When we get in touch with the root of who we are, where we're from and what that means. But the other stuff until that other outside forces and stuff change. Let's just for the sake of argument, call the word off limits until we get a little better on board. Let us stop that word of destruction because we know when it's said what it means. And we clearly have not done enough of educating ourselves to break down exactly what it is. We know the word is powerful. The word is destructive. I myself don't use it. And if I do use it, I use it as shock for shock value. And I break it down to kind of advocate my point. But I'm not every other word hollering at a soldier and 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 I'm saying king, I'm saying so, I'm saying brother, I'm saying nephew. I'm not using that. I'm, I'm I'm too grown to use that word that has done so much damage to my people. And I and I don't even want to go back in time to kind of the origin that you broke down so eloquently, and I appreciate that. But you know, the Negro don't even understand the the imagery of what took place. When that word was bestowed on us, right? They don't yeah. get it. I don't think they really understand the significance when we call, we say the field and or the house and. I don't really, un I really don't think they understand. And Tupac even tried to create a a a broader and brighter uh, level to the word "never ignorant," getting goals accomplished, and it was dope. And I was trying to use it as well. But when I hear my brothers or I hear my sisters using that. A lot of it is, yeah, it's it's endearment, right? Okay, we want to show that love. But then a whole lot of it is when shit's about to pop off. Yeah. And I don't want to give anybody that's not my race any ammunition to freely because you got Caucasian saying it legally. Yeah. You got Asian saying it legally. You got Latino saying it legally. Um, and legally and they'll even sit there and not even... Say it in a sense of being disrespectful. Yeah. That's just the language. That's yeah. the code. So it's crazy when I watch a hillbilly who is having a big old Tonka truck and he got 
somebody rapping a, a mozzie and he's listening to him and he's got all kind of ends popping out what do you expect them to say to us yeah how do you expect them to respect us if that's all we know how to say to each other it's it's i'm not feeling that word we're the only that group word. that uses uh, uh shout out to jeff brown because he he, he said this so eloquently said, black people are the only people that put our shortcomings to music you know, we, we we take all our social shortcomings and we put them to a dance song. Yeah. And that word, when it is used, is not used in the context of its original meaning. It's used in its derogatory meaning. Yeah. Because the same person who will sit there and say that, man, I use it as a term of endearment. That's how I address my brothers. That's how I address my people. It's bullshit. Un- well, until somebody makes you mad, then then how are you using that exact exactly. same word? You're using it in the aggressive, angry, just just disgusting way that it is being applied to us. So what I'm saying is so what you're saying about how other groups have adapted the word. Oh, they have. And how there is the old days used to be punch if, you in your face, dog. If, if you said that Stop. word in the if somebody who was not you black say that said word. that word in the presence slapped of, up. Who was knocked up. They didn't have to be saying it to them. It didn't matter. I'm just I'm, And you wasn't even a friend of a friend if you said that word and just jumped You couldn't off. be cool if you, you used no, it. No, no, you know, it's like I didn't like you. We ain't cool, but he said something. Even if we weren't cool, we were black, and that person said something. We teaming up, we taking the sucker out. We're the only group that uses. No other group uses derogatory words to describe each other. You don't ever hear Asian people addressing well, Asian people in Asian terms of these. How many Hispanic Latinos do you know who use? They say the N word. I'm saying, but they don't use their own. Yeah. Use it, you know. Well, I mean, the, the, what we've done, like anything else, we do, black folk. We create. We, actually, we don't. We didn't create the word. Well, actually, we did create the word at some certain levels that you broke it down. But we will make something fly, fashionable, and be okay. Yes. So now that being said, that all these other groups have adapted to this. How many of us, are, maybe, are a little more on the Jason Whitlock side of the game, like as a people? Because we have so many cases where if you take that group of Mexicans, that group of white people, that group of Asians who are throwing the N word around left, right and left again. There's usually a black homie in the group. <laughs> yeah. Who gives the cosign. Co-sign. No, no, he don't mean nothing by it. He grew up where I grew up. I know how I know he don't mean it like that. I've seen brothers who have white girlfriends, white significant others who refer to him as one. You know, oh, that's my end. Uh, me and my end be doing this and that, and it don't even it, may, it doesn't even hit his radar because he's giving a hundred percent pass and cosign. Oh, all day. You know, socially, you got performers, rappers out there on stage whose target audience is typically suburban white kids. Seventy percent of hip hop purchase is is purchased by white by and Caucasians. They have a image about black folk and. They feel comfortable with saying that. So word. when so and so is on stage rapping his verse and it's in every other word, it's being shouted back at him by a bunch of people that don't look like him. Remember when ends came when um, ends to Paris? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What is it? What is it called? In Paris. Yeah, ends in Paris, right? Yeah. <laughs> ends in Paris. Yeah. And the, what? What's the white girl that? Uh, uh, Paltrow. Paltrow. Yeah, she did the the uh, Instagram and. Uh, or tweet or whatever. She took the picture and she's like, "Ends in Paris yes, for real." And, and Negroes still defended her. Yes, she didn't mean nothing by it. Okay, but it like that's the point that gets to the point of when the real ones that meant something by it. It's almost like you're giving everybody a pass. So why not say it? So let's address it that way. Let's say something to that. If if we have the same degree of if we want to call foul. When somebody of another group calls us one in the disrespectful way that it is intended, is it really is it something to be upset about? Is it, that is it the same equation to fifteen women who work together in an office who call each other a bitch every which way to Sunday, and then when the one dude who works in the office calls them one, they want to go to HR? <laughs> is, is that where we're at now? Oh, we're definitely at that. We're definitely at that point. And we're at that point. We've been at that point. At the same time, that's why we have just allowed people to get away because there is no fear of repercussions from the black man and woman when they say that evil, sadistic word. 
because we are okay with it. We got 50-year-old, 40-year-old men still saying, still speaking that word into existence. And the problem is with us is that we find okay. And before it was like, yeah, we it's okay for me to say it, but you can't say it. We don't even direct we, that. We don't even, so, so keeping on that segue to another incident that just happened this week with political we'll call him comedian for all intents and purposes Bill Maher oh, so from politically incorrect fame uh, does the HBO show he's uh, we'll just call it a, a little more liberal a little more vocal John Stewart so he's been around forever yeah. old guy weed smoking liberal always addresses political stuff and so recently on uh, on air he was having a conversation and it was being addressed to him about, you know, about working in the fields, getting his hands dirty and, 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 and being active about a particular thing. And his response was, the fields, I'm a house in. <laughs> kind of laughed it off. The audience and was a, there applauded. laughed it off. And, and it was wasn't just, an uncomfortable moment it, at not, all. None whatsoever. Except for the guy that he was talking to that was kind of like laughing. Uh, kind of like, like, yeah, this, I, ain't trying I to don't do know about that. And so... Quirky kind of kind of moment for TV, uh, and then and he was, said it so nonchalantly, which is the important part. So, if you don't know who Bill Maher is or not familiar of a particular age, back when he used to do network TV, aka regular TV, uh, he had a show that was canceled because of his loose talk in a relation to the 9/11 attacks. Apparently, too fresh for America. Right after the 9-11 attacks, he was addressing the American government and how this consistent view of uh, terrorists, terrorism, uh, Islam, radical Islamists were cowards. That's the American narrative about those people. The cowards, the cowards, the cowards. He said he really addressed American policy and how we're involved in so many other cultures and so many other countries, politics, this and the third. He said, actually, if anybody's a coward, he said, firing a cruise missile from 2,000 miles away from the safety of your aircraft character, uh, air carrier or your air base, that's a little more cowardly than somebody who actually flies the plane themselves and crashes it into the building. And so that stance, led that comment, joke, whatever, got him canceled. Yeah. And so... Uh, he so this is somebody who has a history of dealing with real world backlash for loose talk and comments. The fact that he could say that so freely and so in jest leads me to believe that a this is a very common this is very common language. Yeah. Uh, B it is so far removed from his thought process about there being any kind of repercussions that he would say this on air. It wasn't an off the cuff comment. It uh -huh. wasn't. Uh, somebody didn't catch him with the cell phone talking in, in his dressing room. This was sitting there. This was recorded. Yeah. So he knew that there was really going to be mm, whatever's going to come back. It's not going to be that big of a deal. No. Gave his public apology. He's expecting life to go on. No, he's he's not expecting life to go on. Life is going to go well, on. Well, I'm saying like it, it, it's gonna the go degree on. of care he gave has been given. Why would he give shit? Well, well, I'm saying if we're talking about at this stage, have we created an environment that they shouldn't care. I mean, have, have we gotten ourselves to a position to where, yes, the machine has allowed certain things to go on and certain things to happen and certain things to be perpetuated, but have we taken the check, pulled, pulled a Whitlock, pulled a Steven from Django, where we just going to play the role and perpetuate this BS to the point oh, sure. now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's evident. I mean... When you watch the clip, he just says it. Excuse me. <laughs> See all this N-word talk I'm getting, you know. It's it's getting to me. It's getting to my it's getting to my allergies, man. I mean, when you when you see it, you you see the video, he says it, and it's kinda like, oh yeah, what? And I just look at the scene of him saying that as he's having some of his good white colleagues and they're around. And they're kind of having some talk and conversation, and they probably just freely just say it. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Those ends, those ends, and da da. And they don't even might be in a way of like speaking on and downgrading us, but just in the simple fact of just saying it because it's just become a comfortable word. Even in network TV shows and the radio, they don't block out that word. You can hear. Not like they used to. No. Not like they used to. They used to have. <laughs> 
Uh, so you used to actually have to record a completely separate No, hold, they don't do it. The word you cannot say is the F word. And I'm not talking about F-U-C-K, right? I'm talking about the other F word. That word, you will be pulled off the air. The three-letter right? F word. Okay? So my whole take is literally we have done a disservice to our ancestors for those that have died due to that word, those who have fought um, – religiously to combat to change the narrative to switch up the ideology not only the ideology but the def definition of that word that was grouped up where our ancestors had to pay the, the ultimate price and now it's almost just like any other average word just like saying black just like saying wish you know whatever we as black folk have given it so much power that if we now go in and start punching people in the mouth and doing all these different things that we used to do and really checking people before they can even say it, it would almost be like a reverse of us creating these hate crimes. And, I, and it's unfortunate because I don't see anybody from the inside of that world and the world that it that is is entertainment, um, sports that will really regulate. I don't see anybody uh, pulling up on a limo throwing these guys in the back and taking them somewhere and say, hey, say that word again. You know, I don't see anybody really physically challenging them or mentally challenging them on why it's not a right, it's, why it's not appropriate. You get a little uh, a backlash. You go ahead and you do a Paula Dean. You go around, hang out with Snoop Dogg or hang out with Steve Harvey and, you know, get the apologies going. You know, Spend a little bit of money, take a few pictures with some black kids, and then all will be forgiven tomorrow. Okay, so is this... a a case of where we have moved more to instead of looking for any of the the backlash to happen to people who have used it is it just now we are at a stage that we just need to be more on the campaign of educating ourselves about what the word means because it, it what it's been placed upon us as it, is one thing and now we have normalized it we've helped contribute to getting it normalized through pop culture and as a uh, a trendy catchphrase and, and all that other stuff. So now with the onus be on us to focus on actual history and knowledge of where it comes from, how it is and how it's used. Because I think ultimately if we removed it and, and Gay started using it the way that the word was intended originally, a lot of the pop culture stuff references in ways would shift because we dictate most of that. It's not going to happen. It's over. Where we're, we're, you know, it's the only thing we, we can do in pocket now is be examples, not using it when we become grown men, correct those when they're around us. I say I was just having dinner with my my daughters um this afternoon and I said, hey, listen, because they like to use it frequently. And I'm like, yo, come on. And I'm oh, sorry, dad. And it's all like that. All you can do is that. But as far as educating, no doubt we want to educate our kids and our older um, people as much as we possibly can but will it change anything we have so many bigger issues than just that <laughs> word that it's gotten so out of control that we can't even bring that back because it is where it is right now that the efforts that we can do is creating a different div different imagery to where a lot of our young folks don't even fall into that negativity right don't even create that word to be their norm because it's got suburban kids doing it hood kids doing it athletes doing it it don't matter you got everybody using that word as if it's the the, the brand new thing and then until we start getting disrespected that's when we flip and they think it's crazy because if we don't use the word then it's not giving them anything to use against us but hey what do i know well, I think that words have an incredible amount of power, that the words that we use, the energy behind them and the intent that we have when we use them makes a difference more so than the actual sonic sound that the words come out of our mouth. So a lot of us get get hung up on on the actual well, what Webster said a word means. And if a word predates Webster, well, then what? I think that it's the intent that goes along with it. And if you're not sure about what words to use to describe somebody or when or 
uh, how to address someone or how you feel about somebody. Maybe instead of worrying necessarily about the vocabulary word you use, think about the intent associated with it. If you're coming from a place where you just have malicious intent, disrespect, whatever, uh, maybe just not using the word. Maybe finding another way to address somebody. Maybe mm-hmm. finding another way to, to communicate. And for those of us who, if a word is something that is endearing and something that is affectionate and something that we gravitate to, that energy is present also. So, I mean, maybe there'll come a time to where we'll reevaluate words because that happens. There's words that have been around thousands of years that have had a dozen different definitions and continue to change and evolve. But the important part is that we continue to change and evolve. And as long as there's rap music, there's going to be the N word. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that was great. That was, I loved how you broke that down. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> that being said, this I'm is the Say saying. Something Podcast. Yeah, Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online? In Negro Alley. No, I'm just saying. Um, Barry Axius, Facebook. You got the Twitter, Barry Axius. You got um, Instagram at Team Void. And then you also have um, blackblueprints.com apparel. You know what I'm saying? Black Blueprints with a Z. And to be honest with you, I pray that you young people don't get um, coerced into thinking this world is the fly thing to say. Please don't do it. But at the end of the day, man, a lot of us have to also look at our adults that continue to breathe this word into life when they already know that their time is up for using this word. So. That's another thing about that N-word. But that's um, Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J. Morris CEO. I think it's a deep subject and topic to address. It's a little hard to get in in such a short period of time, but a lot of layers to it. But it's definitely worth looking into educating ourselves on and extremely important to say something about. It's been the Say Something Podcast. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Yes, sir. And until next show. Say something, say something. And we'll holler at you later.